Indigenous Rights Radio, because knowledge is power. Cultural Survival's Brian Bishkul attended the international negotiations of the 12th session of the Intercessional Working Group on Article 8J relating to traditional knowledge, innovation, and practices of indigenous peoples under the Convention on Biological Diversity or CBD on November 12th to November 16th, 2023 in Geneva, Switzerland. There he met with Georgie Carino and asked her why indigenous peoples were in Geneva. And he also asked Georgie to explain to us why the new program of work for Article 8J is a crucial tool for the implementation of the Convention on Biological Diversity as well as the Kunming Montreal Global Biodiversity Framework and why this is so important for Indigenous peoples. I'm George Carino. I'm Ibaloy Igorot from the Cordillera Philippines. I'm currently here in Geneva attending a meeting of the Convention on Biological Diversity on uh, traditional knowledge. Why are we here? Uh, this week, at the meeting, the parties will be discussing a new program of work on traditional knowledge, customary sustainable use, conservation, and generally the relations between nature and culture. And um, at the end of last year, the parties of the Convention on Biological Diversity approved a new strategy with a vision of um, humans living in harmony with nature by 2050. But in order to get there, a number of goals and targets have been set. And this strategy is called the Kunming Montreal Global Biodiversity Framework. Maybe some will be surprised that in that framework, so many of the goals and targets are actually relevant to indigenous peoples and local communities. For example, there is a target on conservation that sets an expansion in the areas to be conserved. And this also includes the territories of indigenous peoples and uh, local communities. So this is indigenous and traditional territories. Uh, in the past, uh, Indigenous peoples have had problems with conservation and the establishment of protected areas under our lands. This time, Indigenous peoples said that our territories have in fact been amongst the best in conserving nature and biological diversity. And that is because our traditional knowledge and our ways of management and our relationships with nature are actually what have delivered best in conservation. And this has actually been recognized by the governments who are the parties to the convention. That is one of the areas being uh, discussed. We are also discussing customary sustainable use. This is the livelihoods that we have uh, been practicing and how we relate to our territories, whether it's fishing, pastoralism, rotational farming or uh, agroforestry, um, herding. So these livelihoods are recognized as part of the program of work 
of the Convention on Biological Diversity. And uh, this will also be discussed. For example, how can uh, our livelihoods be protected when discussing management of wildlife? So uh, in the targets of the uh, framework that are dealing with uh, species, plants, trees, how indigenous peoples' customary sustainable use of these resources are also being uh, considered. Jojo also told us what some of the crucial items being discussed by countries at these meetings were and told us how these outcomes will have a direct impact on the rights of indigenous peoples. Um, what are the other aspects that are being uh, covered here? Well, whenever the United Nations agree a global framework, this provides the guidance and obligations by countries to also carry out and uh, implement these goals and targets. Therefore, we can expect that particularly in the next two years, governments will be updating and uh, reviewing and uh, planning how in their countries, in the different countries of the world, um, what actions governments will be taking on uh, biological diversity. So um, issues around uh, protected areas, issues around um, fishing, uh, mining, uh, other sectors like tourism. These are the sectors we're in. They're expected to do sustainable use, right? And for example, there's a lot of discussion on um, energy transitions. However, this will have impacts on indigenous peoples because, for example, a lot of the new minerals that will be used in electric cars, these minerals will be coming from the lands of indigenous peoples. So here we are in a, a transition. Governments have to change because if change doesn't happen, the loss of species and biological diversity is already going beyond the capacity of uh, the earth, right? But cultural uh, practices and the relations of indigenous peoples with, uh, with nature and with uh, how we manage these resources are now recognized to be actually part of the solution, right? So how can governments manage this transition whilst also not continuing to harm indigenous peoples and communities is a major issue. Now, part of the global framework is actually respecting human rights, what they're calling the human rights-based approach. I think this is an unprecedented uh, gain because this is the first time that an environmental agreement and a treaty is actually recognizing human rights as part of that treaty and particularly the rights of indigenous peoples. 
I see this as a milestone in the same way that the UN Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples was adopted by the General Assembly. Because now a major environmental treaty, one of the three uh, treaties agreed at the Rio conference in 1992, uh, biodiversity, climate change, and um, desertification, has put human rights as part of its implementation. So this is what indigenous peoples are here for in uh, Geneva. We are making sure that that uh, commitment to respect human rights in the implementation of this new framework will actually be implemented when the countries uh, go back and develop their national uh, plans. Um, what else are we focused on? If indeed our role and contributions are recognized and valued, additional resources will have to come to support the collective actions of indigenous peoples because we are on the ground actually every day creating solutions and creating innovative ways to solve uh, many of these uh, crises of climate change, uh, biodiversity loss. Therefore, corresponding uh, financial support needs to be given to indigenous peoples to carry out our collective actions. Um, these are major, major tasks and major responsibilities that are actually uh, linked to how indigenous peoples uh, put forward our rights. Because if we are concerned with self-determination, that's our own governance, if we are concerned with management of our lands, territories, and resources, if we are concerned with the continuity and revitalization of our culture and education, if we are concerned with, um, yes, the future of the youth and the roles of women, these are precisely the details and aspects that are being discussed that should be included in the new work plan uh, on uh, traditional knowledge, right? And um, linked to this new work plan, is also what will be the mechanism or what will be the body that will implement and uh, oversee this work plan. What is uh, being discussed right now is will the CBD give us a permanent body? They call it the subsidiary body on Article 8J, which is traditional knowledge. And this subsidiary body will no longer be what they're calling ad hoc because an ad hoc body is a temporary body with a limited life, which means that the work of that body can be ended at any time, especially when its uh, tasks have been accomplished. We have already uh, accomplished one program of work, which was uh, finishing in 2020. So now this new program of work that is being discussed will require a body for its implementation. 
and this will be this permanent body. We hope it will become permanent. And if indeed it is decided to have this body, this will be giving us the same level and status as other subsidiary bodies of the CBD, like its uh, subsidiary body on scientific, technical, and technological advice, and its subsidiary body on implementation. These are very high bodies inside the convention. And if we are able to get a similar subsidiary body, that will really give the status and uh, seriousness that will be given to uh, delivering on the uh, global uh, biodiversity framework, but also the commitments inside the convention to advance and promote uh, traditional knowledge. and. Uh, in fact, now, the rights of indigenous peoples. Lastly, we asked Georgie if she was hopeful that the discussions in Geneva around Article 8J of the CBD will lead to actions that will advance the rights of indigenous peoples. Um, am I hopeful about uh, the results that will come out of this meeting? The indigenous peoples here and that uh, we have a body called the International Indigenous Forum on Biodiversity have been delivering our statements to this meeting and uh, we have heard a lot of party support for the positions that we have put uh, forward. Amidst uh, the, our difficult times, I have tried to maintain um, hopefulness and optimism in order to keep me going forward. and. I have been working on the CBD since 1996, precisely following these issues. And through the years, I've really seen the advance, first in the understanding of parties about how important the contributions of indigenous peoples are. You know, when we had the first meeting of this uh, working group, parties were a little bit afraid of us, and we were also a little bit afraid of the parties. But now, uh, a lot of understanding has been built and uh, we have seen strong uh, manifestations of uh, support from the parties for this new program of work and even a uh, permanent subsidiary body. Of course, there are still many details to be um, addressed. However, through the conversations and policy advocacy that we are doing, we hope that the remaining um, difficulties will be settled when we come to the decisions at the end of this meeting. For more on the rights of indigenous peoples, visit cs.org and follow Cultural Survival on Facebook and Twitter.